Welcome to Indisputable. I am Sharon Reed, and for the good doctor today, Dr. Richie has the day off, but Yasmin Alia Khan, host of Modern Context, Rebel HQ Extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. Um, always love being on with you. I love learning from you, your insight. Um, so let's do it, shall we? Yeah, I'm ready. Happy to be on with Sharon again. That was a surprise, but good to see you. <laughs> well, I will behave, maybe. Um, <laughs> we're going to be, I won't behave on this one. Okay, the first story is, um, what we were just talking about it before we came on with you. We're going to share everything. I'm so angry. Mommy vlogger Ruby Frankie sentenced in her child abuse case, her business insider, disgrace mom fluencer, Ruby Frankie. Is it Frankie or Frank? I've forgotten. I've just been so I think so it's Frankie. Yeah. Frankie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll go with Frank, even though it's Frankie, because that's how angry I am at her. Uh, sentence, finally, Tuesday, four to 60 years in prison after the mother of six pleaded guilty, along with her associate, to abusing two of her children. Neither woman is set to serve more than 30 years in prison. Utah law prohibits consecutive sentences exceeding that. Caught a break, huh? The kids didn't. Frankie rose to fame with uh, eight passengers. Her family's YouTube channel that had more than 2 million subscribers at its peak, Frankie and associate Judy Hildebrand. Arrested August 30th, 2023, we covered it in Ivins, Utah. Later charged with six felony counts of child abuse. The arrest came after years of controversy and abuse allegations. So moments before a Utah district court judge sentenced Frankie to consecutively serve one to 15 years behind bars for each of the four counts of aggravated child abuse. Frankie tearfully told the court she never meant to harm her children. The former mommy vlogger told the court she was quote deceived. And had a distorted version of reality that went largely unchecked. Again, business insider with the quotation there. More of it. I was led to believe that this world was an evil place filled with cops who control hospitals that injure, government agencies that brainwash church leaders who lie and lust, husbands who refuse to protect, and children who need abuse, Frankie said. Frankie previously pled guilty to all four counts of child abuse. While sobbing, she referred to her six children as her little chicks and to herself as the mama duck who was consistently waddling them to safety. You understand why this is making some of us so angry. Frankie said her willingness to sacrifice all for her children was masterfully manipulated into something very ugly. Jody Hildebrandt. Put her up, she's on the left, Frankie's alleged business partner. Even though Frankie claimed in court she wasn't, was handed the same sentence as Frankie. And under Utah law, the state's board of pardons and parole would determine how long the women will spend behind bars. Hildebrand also pleaded guilty, both women struck plea deals. Before each of their separate sentencing on Tuesday, a prosecutor said both committed quote, awful and horrible acts of abuse from May to August. That's what we know about May to August. Hildebrand also addressed the court just before she was sentenced saying, quote, I sincerely love these children. I desire for them to heal physically and emotionally 
She added, my hope and prayer is that they will heal and move forward to have beautiful lives. After she spoke, Judge John Walton told Hildebrandt she terrorized Frankie's children. The circumstance is tragic. It's largely, of course, of your making, the judge said. August, one of the children, Frankie's 12-year-old son, climbed through a window from Hildebrandt's house to get help for himself and his 10-year-old sister. That prompted a neighbor to call the police. At the time, police described the child as emaciated and injured with duct tape around his ankles and wrists. Mrs. Frankie and her business partner held her two children, ages 9 and 11, turning 12, in a concentration camp-like setting, the prosecutor said. Children were regularly denied food, water, beds to sleep in, and virtually all forms of entertainment. Children were beaten, bound, forced to do manual labor in the sweltering heat, and emotionally abused. Both children had extensive physical injuries from the abuse that required hospitalization when they were found. That's according to the prosecutor. Prosecutor added that while Frankie had shown considerable remorse, tears of some in this society are just with a bar so low. While Frankie had shown considerable remorse, Hildebrand had shown little to no remorse. Since their arrest, more details on the abuse have emerged. Prosecutor said Frankie forced her son's head underwater, smothered him with her hands, kicked him while wearing boots. It said she also forced her daughter to run barefoot on roads, withheld food and water, scolded her for being evil and possessed. Salt Lake Tribune reported. Documents also said Hildebrand physically forced or coerced Frankie's daughter to repeatedly jump into a cactus. I don't really want to hear about remorse, do you? Frankie's lawyer said in a previous statement, Frankie was manipulated by Hildebrandt and alleged Hildebrandt systematically isolated Frankie from her family that gave her a distorted sense of morality. Hildebrandt has faced prior misconduct allegations dating back years, including leaking confidential information about a client to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Frankie and Hildebrand set up a parenting channel. Ponaxions? Yes. They describe it as a support group for moms. They claim to help treat those lost and stranded in the darkness of distortion, which addictions, fear, sadness, and all other self-destructive behaviors derive from. But their methods were criticized as damaging, extreme, authoritarian. Both the eight passengers and the Connexion's YouTube channels have been terminated. Let's get to the husband. On Monday, Ruby's estranged husband, Kevin Frankie, released the following statement to law and crime through his legal team. The treatment these children received at the hands of those whom the children had a right to trust was horrific and inhumane, both physically and psychologically. Kevin remains focused on the rehabilitation of these sweet and vulnerable children. So that they might return to a normal life as soon as possible. Jezebel with additional reporting from Kevin Frankie, the husband. Maybe I am, Yasmin, too hardened given some of what we've reported and have to report here because it's real life. But I don't 
care about remorse. And I don't believe it's remorse. And I don't believe that this Utah mother, and I'm just gonna say it, and her white tears should even be considered. Somebody made me do it. Am I hardened? Is there another window I need to look through, Yasmin? I mean, it's really hard to say, right? Because someone made me do it. These are your children. You know, you're supposed to be there to defend your children and to protect them. And that's the exact opposite of what this woman was doing. I mean, this story is so horrifying for so many very obvious reasons. You know, there's the trauma. Where was the husband? Why weren't any other adults doing or saying anything to protect these children? But there's also the issue of the world of social media and influencer culture. Like, I don't know if you guys follow me on social media, but I'm really not very active on there. And that's because I just don't like it. It's not real life. And Frankie said in her defense, something to the effect of, you know, she basically got caught up in the world that she had created on YouTube and she lost track of what was acceptable. But this story really highlights the problems with so many of these mommy vloggers and family vlog channels. It's a detachment from reality. And these children are growing up on camera in an alternate reality that they don't understand. It's the only world and the only life that they know. But even uh, even these kids, they knew that their life wasn't normal. You know, one of the kids was quote unquote denied the privilege of a bedroom. They didn't have friends. They were physically and emotionally abused and stunted. They're going to carry these wounds with them for the, their entire lives. And uh, they mentioned that they were hoping that these kids would have a return to a normal life soon. But what does that even mean for these kids? I couldn't agree with you more. And to hear the abuser utter those words to me is. Mm-hmm. It's just so dramatic. It's just inflicting more trauma, in my view, on these innocents. I just, and I have questions, questions that, that aren't answered right now. I don't even want to hear the father say it right now until my questions are answered. Divorce is one thing, being out of the home is another. No one will ever separate me from my child. No one will ever keep me from my child. Not by choice. Boy, they'll they'll have to tackle me. They'll have to, well, I will fight. And I want to know why police discover a child emaciated. That takes time, horror and time. And their father wouldn't have known it. There could be a reasonable explanation. I just can't come up with one. The other thing though, you you mentioned, this is why I love you so much, Jasmine. I do think you're right. Social media entangles us, it draws us in, it gives us a false sense of reality. The only thing is with this mother, and I think you went there too. When children become your vehicle for success and notice, attention, it's not mom-centric. Or maybe it is mom-centric, it's not child-centric is what I meant to say. It's not focused on the child, okay? It's not a family affair, we're doing it together. There's lots of families who are adjusted, but you have to be careful because the kid becomes sometimes the star and breadwinner and it's just, it's an upside down relationship. I think they wanted attention and the kids were a vehicle both to get it and to release any stress and anger they were harboring. I'll give you the last word. 
Yeah. And just to add on to what you were saying, uh, they want the attention, but also keep in mind, a lot of these mommy vloggers make a lot of money doing what they're doing, basically by exploiting their children and putting these children on camera and, you know, divulging very intimate details about these children's lives that maybe as they get older, they're like, you know what, please stop telling everybody on the internet, everyone in the world about the things that are going on in my life. And now I think social media, especially YouTube in particular, is still new enough to where, you know, we're all still kind of learning it and growing with it, right? But now a lot of the kids who are innocently put on YouTube, they are growing up now. They are grown now. And they are having those conversations with their parents saying, I never consented to being this vehicle for you. But it's really addictive for the parents. And again, a lot of their lifestyles are tied directly to these YouTube channels. You're so right. You're so smart. Uh, I think a lot of us, Ma, listen, we all make parents a lot of mistakes, yours truly included. I have this thing that I do with my daughter when I post about our personal life. If it involves her, she has to sign off on it, give permission. Not because, listen, I'm the parent and I'm going to say what goes on around here, but she didn't have consent for my choice here. So I think it's right to let her weigh in. And even have the final say in that regard. Um, I feel for these kids and I, I want them, I'm not gonna be another person to say it, but they deserve opportunity, period. They deserve an opportunity. Can't even look at their sweet face, deserve opportunity. A teenager dies a day after a school bathroom bullying attack. Next, Benedict. They, them pronouns. Hey, come on, folks. Everyone's capable of making an error, an innocent mistake. But by now, we, we understand we should. Non-binary 16-year-old sophomore, Cherokee Nation citizen. Ugh. This picture reportedly died one day after they were assaulted by three older female students in the bathroom of Oweso High School in Oklahoma, February 7th. School allegedly refused to call an ambulance for the injured teen, did not inform police of the attack until Benedict was later admitted into the hospital. So I'm already in my mind, what's running through it is self-preservation instead of helping a child. A family member gave Fox 23 News a screenshot of messages Benedict sent on the night of the fight. Shows Benedict message saying, quote, I got jumped at school three on one, had to go to the ER. After being asked if they're okay, it shows Benedict replying that they we're all good, but with some scrapes and bruises. Benedict also said, if I'm dizzy or nauseous in the morning, I might have a concussion. Box 23. Benedict is then asked, why did they jump you? Benedict's reply said, they had been bullying me and my friends and I got tired of it. So I poured some water on them and all three came after me. He goes on to say, the school did not report to the police. Water on them. That, that's, that's worth ending someone for. Tuesday, 
Well, also public schools released a statement detailing their timeline of events. It said February 7, Benedict was in a fight in a restroom at the Owasso High School West Campus. Fight or jumped? The text said jump. Thank goodness they sent it. OPS said the fight lasted less than two minutes. Hmm. I I wonder if that's true. Was broken up by other students and a staff member. So precise, just lasted two minutes. Statement said all students involved walked. Here's that self-preservation. Here's that let me get away with it. Here's that no empathy. Walked to the assistant principal and nurse's office and that they recommended to one parent that their student visit a medical facility. The district also said parents and guardians of students involved were notified and informed of the option to file a police report. How about you file the police report? How about you're in charge and you file a police report? How about you pick up the phone and call the police because an assault, injuries went down. Wasso police also released a statement that said Benedict did go to the hospital around 3.30 p.m. on the day of the fight. And a school resource officer was called, school resource officer. Statement also said, quote, no report of the incident was made to the Owasso Police Department prior to the notification at the hospital. And that it is not known at this time if the death is related to the incident at the school or not. I don't know why you even put that in there. If we don't know, we don't know, right? I think we know something. Why'd you even put that in there? Where is the moral compass? Quoting, I know at one point, one of the girls was pretty much repeatedly beaten. She was repeatedly beaten, beating rather, Benedict's head across the floor. Person who identified herself as the friend of Benedict's mother told KRJH. The friend added, she could not walk to the nurse's station on her own. And staff didn't call the ambulance, which amazes me. LGBTQ nation with the details there. Gee, that's different than what the school's statement is about how nothing to see here. All the kids walked to the nurse, system principal's office. It just didn't rise to that level. Though the hospital released Benedict on the same day of the attack, they returned to the hospital the following day and then died while hospitalized. The friend said the teen's death was caused by complications from brain trauma. You know, like um, brain trauma. We don't know the exact cause of death here, but we know that brain trauma can include bleeding on the brain and other issues. How'd she get the brain? How'd they get the brain trauma? Per Benedict's mother and memorials online, Benedict was an animal lover with a cat named Zeus. Loved cooking, made up their own recipes. Look at that face. Wouldn't you have liked to know them? Share the recipes. They were a straight A student, liked the arts, loved video games. More importantly, Benedict was unfailingly kind. Always searched for the best in people. 
might I add, through water instead of hands as a last resort. Many online are blaming Oklahoma's top education official, State Superintendent of Public Instruction Ryan Walters for Benedict's death as Walters had pushed inflammatory anti-LGBTQ plus rhetoric during his tenure. Walters, who wants to ban LGBTQ plus books, but teach the Bible in public school history classes, has previously pushed the transphobic lie about students who identify as cats needing litter boxes, has referred to teachers unions as terrorist organizations, and illegally tried to make rules banning transgender bathroom access in schools. Walters also recently hired anti-LGBTQ plus hate activist Chaya Ryacek. Put the peace symbol down. Goes by libs of TikTok on social media for a state school book banning committee after she targeted the Owasso School District for employing a pro-LGBTQ plus teacher who wouldn't you know it was later fired. Ryacek doesn't live in the state and has no experience working in education and isn't good at this either. Ryachik has achieved infamy for post-targeting LGBTQ plus educators and allies, which have led to multiple bomb and death threats against schools, teachers, students, and children's hospitals including two Oklahoma schools. There's a proud picture with duck lips there. Aren't you proud? Aren't you great? Aren't you someone we should not look up to targeting an unfailingly kind non-binary student? I am so disgusted that we are doing another one of these, Jasmine, and that this superintendent fool actually gets up in the morning and puts on a skinny tie. Let me put his picture up again. Buttons his shirt, gets all dressed in a suit and thinks about how he can be ugly today, uglier than the next day, more hurtful. This is not a choice about values, morals and opinion. This is about something ugly that you just have to get out. I'm sorry, but that's just how I feel, Yasmin. It's just how I feel about it. Yeah, it's actually, it's like what you said. I think you said it before the show actually started, but none of this needed to happen. What's so frustrating about this, and again, apart from the very, very, very obvious, is that the people who fear monger about the transgender community are the same people who profess to care so, so much about protecting children, but apparently not all children. And those same people won't say anything in the defense of this child. Those same people are never going to take responsibility for the consequences of that rhetoric that they keep spreading. And they're never going to take responsibility for the division that they've sown within children, within schools. And uh, as far as the transgender community goes, uh, there's so much that we don't understand about the people in this world. There are entire communities of people that some of us 
have may never be exposed to personally. There are as many ways to be a human being as there are human beings in this world, as there have ever been, who have ever lived on this planet. You don't need to understand every or anything about another human being to not want them to be hurt or killed. You don't have to approve of any or everything in a person's life for you to just allow them to live their lives just the way that they allow you to live theirs to live yours. And it's just basic human decency to just let people live and not want to see them hurt. And uh, I will say real quick, um, just as a reminder about that litter box lie that you mentioned, uh, one of the schools in Colorado did have a litter box in their classroom, but it wasn't for kids identifying as animals. It was for kids to use the restroom if and when they were in lockdown from a school shooter. The Republicans don't want to talk about that. So what they've done instead is they've perverted that narrative and transformed it into something that is literally untrue. Wow. And I do thank you for that point of context. And that's yet another issue that we want to dance around and be ugly about. Mm -hmm. That they even need to have one because of all the guns, more guns than people. Right, that's, that's not the actual problem. It's the transgender students. Yeah, so. that's what it is. And it's just... It sickens me and you shouldn't, can, can you put their picture up one more time? Because I keep remarking, I just don't know how you could be ugly, ugly to them. But you don't have to have this sweet, precocious, loves to make up their own recipe face for you to do exactly what you said, Yasmin, you're about to make me cry. You can't just be kind. Just be human and decent, and then all this just goes away. It solves everything. Matter of fact, I was thinking when you deal with this, and I don't. Well, I'm going to say it, even though it's it's a non-issue. This whole thing about oh, using the bathroom. I don't want them in my bathroom, and this is because I I can go to the mall, which I rarely do because I don't like it. And there's this thing called a family bathroom. You ever heard of those? There's no reason to even go through this. Stop, have some decency, but that's asking too much of some people in our society today. It's like, let me be on this side or this side and not recognize human beings who are all over the map. They're just, can we just go with human being and we'd be cool. I, uh, I want the best for those left behind, all of them, the family, but I want the best in their memory. You better look at your life, America. This is Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, Yasmin Alia Khan. Uh, we had the pleasure of having her as our guest co-host today. We're right back. Much more Indisputable. Welcome back to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, joined with the great Yasmin Aliyah Khan as our guest host today. Um, some heavy ones. We had some heavy ones to start the show, Yasmin. Let's get some comments, TYT members first, about that teen killed one day after being in a physical fight with some bullies. No Fury says, fight that last two minutes is not different from one that lasts 10 minutes if it ends in a death. Public relations people can be the worst of us. Yep, that was a statement about how terrible we are collectively as a society. How about Ruby Frankie, the mommy vlogger no more sentenced for child abuse? Lady 
fuck me tea. I was homeless and on crack, took care of my daughter better than that heifer. She was fine till she got caught. Lady, you're right. You're right. Choices were made, Frankie. Woke Dragon says, now she can do a vlog on how she gets her ass beat on a regular in jail. Woke, I understand. I'm angry too. We don't want violence, but we do want Frankie to savor this and remember what she put her children through. Rose Rose, sometimes you can't wait for the law. Other members of her family knew she was harming those kids and didn't do anything to help. The family should have taken her kids. And we don't know all the details, but you know what, Rose? That is a reasonable assumption. It's just reasonable. Things don't happen in a vacuum. One more for you. And we'll stick with you, Rose, about that teen killed. I got jumped as a teenager on a train when I was 16. I got jumped because I looked, quote, corny. Fight lasted probably no more than three, four minutes. It felt like years. I feel so bad for this teen. I do too. I do too. We're not going to have a choice soon. We're going to either have to look at our lives and our choices in this country and beyond our borders, or we're going to get slammed with them even more than we already are. It is that time. I can think of people I want to put at the front of the line when it comes to looking in the mirror, okay, if they can stomach it. Um, they should be first. I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a in Sunday? You're going to feel great. Back off. I said, there's an African American man threatening my life. Hi, sweet. Who are you? What's your name? Oh, God. Sharpen all over. Yeah, who's your Look at you. Go back to Mexico. Go to Mexico. Go to Mexico. Go to Mexico. Wait, why are you getting close? Why are you getting close? No, 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 go away, for real. Get off my damn neighbors. Why? Don't, don't get close. Don't. You gonna touch me like that? No. You little. Look at you. You got your life. Look how you look. Touch my dog. You yeah, look at you. Look at you. Hey, can I tell you? I you really have nice curly hair. I'm not gonna lie to you. You have some nice hair. I'm not gonna lie to you, okay? I don't wanna leave mad. I'm sorry, but hey, you have a good day, okay? What you call a, a real gentleman, a real gentleman in dealing with this drunk Karen. Let's give you some of the details here. According to the poster of the video, quote, I was walking my dog, druggy looking lady. 
Sarge yelling at me follows me. She was mad at my dog who has never bit anyone or anything. Started to record. So I mocked interacting with her. Ended wholesomely, kinda. I'll say Yasmin. When someone is drunk and, and disheveled and accusatory, there are other people. The reason I remarked about the character of the person recording with the dog was because other people who might also be deemed reasonable would have released the hound. At one point, this dog, who the owner said had never bitten anyone, I heard the dog go, okay? Like that sound when you go, at least with my little dogs, my daughters, you go near them when they have one of those bones, those little treats, and you might get nipped. One of the first things you you learn, you start messing with a human buddy, an owner, and you might get nipped. So that was something that stood out to me. I am at a loss of how to handle um, them when they're sober, these Karens. What what do you do? What did you notice? What should have been done, if anything, differently? I mean, I like the way he handled it. I think the guy who was recording actually understood that, you know, this woman probably couldn't do anything to him. The dog, I'm sure, sensed that, you know, this woman was threatening, but the dog is kind of taking its cues from the human. I'm assuming. I don't know. I wasn't there, obviously. But the thing that strikes me about these Karens is always how much they go out of their way to be up in people's business. Like she crossed the street to be over to to where he was. But I mean, this one's so uncomfortable. It's broad daylight and she's so drunk. If that's what, like she can barely speak. She was mumbling. It was really just disorienting. Disorienting. I I heard most of the dialogue. I was so captivated though with the images. I couldn't. I couldn't necessarily. Swinging at him too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Air boxing. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It's just, it's, you're a mess. Yeah. And and you, I suspect a mess before you had one cocktail. And by the way, it's the middle of the day. It appears to be the broad daylight. Like, yeah, broad daylight. The sun is out. Yeah, and the sun is out. Mm-hmm. But I just don't understand. But there perhaps is something in the air with these Karens who are inebriated midday. There's something sure, in the air. Sure, They're enjoying with many cocktails, and we know this. Double dose. My husband I don't appreciate that. So, my husband. Well, all due respect, is please. Uh, is all right. Well, with all due respect, please and have a nice day. Very hard. Please have a nice day. On this medical. Please have a nice day. Please. Medical awareness. Can you please have a nice day? Yes, I can. I got family over here. We chilling. I don't understand what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Should we just sit with it? Let it marinate? (laughs) Should we just? I don't know. I don't quite know what to say. 
this is another one that could have gone far worse. Now I don't look bad at the end there, but it could have been even worse. Drunk Karen, what are you doing? Accusing a rapper of selling drugs. Yes, a rapper. Incident happened earlier this month at LA based rapper G Perico's home. A gentleman rapper who wished this drunk Karen well. And I believe repeatedly, I didn't count how many times Jasmine, he said, let's have a nice day. Okay, please. And I wonder, Jasmine, because these Karens are bold with it, they live out loud. If she'll, at some point, I'm sure she was injured there, file some kind of claim against his insurance, his homeowner's insurance. That would be just like a Karen. Your observations now. Oh my God. I was laughing yeah. so hard. So I, I, my favorite part was when he said, can you please just have a nice day? Like, please, for the sake of everyone, just be less miserable. Have a nice day, please. We're all begging you to find some happiness. Because I really do think that a lot of these Karens, the people who act out this way, they're not happy yes. about something. They're miserable about something. And that's why they act out this way to other people. That's why they go out of their way to act this way towards other people, because maybe no one has shown them kindness. Maybe they're not happy. And this one was, I guess she was drunk also. What, what, what's the deal? What is the deal with these drunk Karens? I don't know. Well, a little more about G. Perico, because I think this Karen is going to help inspire his next hit. <laughs> Try to have a nice day. Wishing him okay. all the success. Yeah. Right. Go ahead and tell that story to a beat. Mm-hmm. Heavily influenced this West Coast sound of the 90s, the G Funk style. Mm-hmm. We know it, Dr. Dre, Snoop, that kind of thing. Write your next hit, okay? And Karen gets none of it. No credit. You're drunk and sloppy, okay? Much more indisputable. Did you see how she fell? Did she hit her face? <laughs> Do we know? I was stunned at the end. I could see stumbling out of there. But like, here, there we go. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. How do you know shame? <laughs> wait for it. Wait for it. There it oh is. my goodness. This is a slot. You're sloppy and doing too much. This. It's indisputable. I'm just sitting here for Dr. Richie and someone enjoying the show alongside Yasmin Aliyah Khan. We're right back. Engaging your five-year-old to work at your jazzy body salon and do Brazilian waxes on clients. Did you hear what I said? A mother arrested after their five-year-old was doing Brazilian. You know what that is. Officials in Memphis, Tennessee have arrested 30-year-old Jasmine Moss, who was captured in photos, allowing her five-year-old child to do Brazilian waxes on nude adult clients. Memphis police identified Moss on Tuesday, announced she had been arrested and charged with child neglect and abuse. I think even more may be warranted here. Can't unsee that, it is abuse. 30-year-old mother currently being held in a Memphis jail without bond. 
Many on social media have urged the department to arrest Moss's clients who allowed the child to do their waxes. It is a no brainer. The now deleted Instagram post, the business owner boasted on social media about the child's actions leading to an investigation by Memphis police. Quote, when I say I'm passing down deeds and LLCs to my creations, I mean that. Miss Chloe did her thing today. User at Yasmin D. Miracle wrote, she literally helped me wax 24 clients starting from 7.25 a.m. to 5 p.m. Made a total of $744. And I'm going to put the money towards whatever her future dreams and aspirations are. Can she decide what those are? Can she decide? I don't know that this would have been why well, no, it's not her choice because she's too young to make this kind of disgusting choice. We're not going to show you the images as they do feature a minor, but screenshots of the original post have been circulating throughout different social media platforms. Shows the child spreading the wax on the client's intimate areas. Post sparked backlash from the public who questioned the owner's decision making, you think? In a statement released on Sunday, Memphis police announced that the agency is working with the Department of Children's Services to investigate this matter. Officials warn the public not to screenshot, download, or save the photos. It's not allowed. It is. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know the ordinances, but it appears when you take this kind of photo to be child born. Quoting, we can confirm that an investigation has commenced in this case. A spokesperson told WREG, pursuant to the state and federal laws, we are unable to provide specifics about cases involving the children and families we serve. According to the report, the State Department of Commerce and Insurance received dozens of complaints about the business owner earlier this week. And Yasmin, I want to start there. Um, I guess we'll have to assume if this accused mother is telling the truth, that 24 people allowed this. I wonder if there's anyone who didn't allow it. And I wonder why this just became a police matter when people who were viewing this disgusting image on the internet made complaints. Not one person who showed up for this intimate Grooming made a complaint that we know of. Mm -hmm. What has been normalized, what we keep our mouths shut about versus what big mouths speak about that aren't even issues in our society. It never ceases to amaze me. How does this happen? And I also want to know about the hours here and how many times it took place. They may not be able to find out from this child. Perhaps there's records that exist. Seven something in the morning, 7.25 a.m. till 5 p.m. waxing adults' private parts. I don't even work that long of a work day, right? Those are very long hours, especially to be on your feet doing things like that. And I'm doing 
I mean, he said the word grooming, and I guess that's applicable in more than one way in this particular story. Um, I don't know. Like, so this story is weird for me because as you mentioned, you know, like this child worked on 24 clients and it was not brought to public attention or to the attention of the authorities until the woman posted it herself on her own social media. And she did it in a way that she was proud of her daughter for being such a hard worker. And she was proud of herself for setting her child up for success in the future, right? So this isn't a woman who thought she was doing anything wrong. This wasn't a woman who was doing anything maliciously. This was a mother who had incredibly, just like like mind-blowingly bad judgment for one, for her to put her child in that position in the first place. And secondly, to post about it on social media as if this was a good thing. Like, look at what a great mother I am. I'm setting my child up for success. I'm giving her the skills she'll need to be successful in the future. So there's there's a lot of really strange things going on in in this story. I don't want to make too big of a thing out of it, but we really need to re-examine the way we think about work and money in this country too, because I think that conversation is part of what led this mother to take the actions that she did and to think again that she was doing the right thing in doing so. Yeah, her words that she posted, forget the picture for a second if you can, were about entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. um, doing for yourself, earning potential, I suppose. But it's so daft to me, unless this mother existed in a bubble, but then there were the clients and hopefully some other family. No one, yeah, that's, she that's bragged about it on the internet, yeah. Yasmin. Yeah. No one, she didn't brag about it to anyone else who said, hey, girl. Uh, maybe don't, maybe, maybe, maybe don't, don't do this. Yeah. Yeah. I just, um, it's, it's hard to explain the, the level with some of the stories we cover. But to mm-hmm. me, it's, it's a greater commentary on our society and what we're becoming and what, what we're allowing. There seems to be no moral checking. And I worry about moral checking a lot because I think people, try to put their own nasty spin on it. But if you're a friend, if you're a sister, if you are an aunt, a grandmother, you can have an open dialogue here and say, hey, Jazzy, no, 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 no. That's, this is, doesn't fall under live and let live, not, not this one. Because a, a child has the right to live and breathe and be free. I'll give you the last word, yes. Yeah, well, to your point, that's why we have communities, right? Because we need to be able to hold each other accountable before it gets to this point. And I, I just keep think, like imagining if I was that client on the table and then a five-year-old came in, what would I do? You'd say, no, no, thank yeah. you. I'm going to go and never come back here. You know, yeah. like how hard is it to do that? But 24 people did not do that and pr- probably more that we know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As far as that's- we know. Yeah. I think that's it. the inference is, is well taken. Probably more, yeah. We're going to move on to this one because I don't understand a lack of accountability for some. Some people just, they, they face a little bit, but the bar again is low. A Border Patrol's number two official retires. Now, if that were the period at the end of this one, Nothing to see here. It's the other part, though. After sex allegations. Joel Martinez, the second highest ranking official in the US Border Patrol, has selected 
has elected to retire amid allegations of sexual misconduct toward female Border Patrol employee. That's according to sources obtained by NBC News. And it's the elected part that has, has me starting on that slow burn. And I'll be fuming soon. Don't women matter? Martinez, he's the number two guy, okay? Now I'm trying here to keep it cool. Number two, now you can get that position. Martinez, who assumed the role of acting deputy chief in January, is under investigation by Customs and Border Protection's Office of Professional Responsibility. You might want to investigate people before they assume higher positions and promotions. You know, it's got a little background check whether you're part of the organization or not. That's just me. Multiple female employees accused him of sexual misconduct stemming from his time working in the Laredo, Texas border sector, the sources said. So that tells you you're already getting a little inkling of the timeline here. Sources familiar with Martinez's exit said women alleged that he made aggressive comments to them about the desire to have sex with them. And that they felt threatened by him and pressured to have sex with him. Asked about Martinez, a CBP spokesperson told NBC News, we do not tolerate misconduct within our ranks. Does everybody have to use the same wording in these statements when there's sexual misconduct allegations that starts with what they don't tolerate? When the women said it was tolerated to some degree, I don't understand why everyone has this. Aren't there copyright issues here? They're all stealing the same line. It's making me very angry. Okay. When we discover any alleged or potential misconduct, we immediately refer it for investigation and cooperate fully with any criminal or administrative investigations. This is the case whether the alleged misconduct occurs on or off duty. Federal privacy laws prohibit discussion of individual cases, the spokesperson said. I think you just discussed an individual case as you see it. I wonder what the women would say, just because you didn't name it. Okay, they asked about Martinez, and that was your response. So you did actually talk about this individual case. By retiring, Martinez would not be subject to professional repercussions from CBP's OPR. Any findings would likely never be revealed unless the office made a criminal referral and the Justice Department decided to prosecute the case. Do you see why people shouldn't have organizations where they investigate themselves? Because it's a cover up and people go on to other jobs in the same capacity elsewhere and nobody knows a thing because women don't matter. Mr. and Mrs. We don't tolerate misconduct. Over a year ago, Tony Barker, Border Patrol's number three in command, exited the agency after allegations arose that he had pressured an employee to perform sexual favors. Barker denied the allegations, called them entirely, unequivocally false. Okay, I'm, I see a pattern here, and I'm wondering what when they post for promotions is it part of it that you have to engage in certain misconduct? And I'm asking for a friend. Border Patrol employee 
who alleged misconduct at the hands of Barker, told NBC News on the condition of anonymity. Oh, I wonder why. That the OPR does not go far enough to stop bad behavior because employees who are accused can simply exit the agency without having to face scrutiny for their behavior. Behavior, you mean as in criminal behavior? If this stuff is true, there's some criminal behavior here. Why are you turning these people? And these are the people who are along the border. I wonder how they treated other people who came in their view, who they didn't work with, who needed help. Maybe people who were seeking a better life. I don't know, but I have a guess. I am so disgusted with these statements. And I may be a rabble. Okay, I'm a rabble rouser. <laughs> yes, man. But I'm tired of the media too. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I sat in these press conferences and it's this collaboration, it's this dance, okay? They're all going to the same studio and someone's instructing them to move in rhythm, media and officials. And when they issue a dumb, dumb goofball statement that belies, it's just it's not real. It's not real when you look at the conduct. I want pushback. What do you mean you don't? These women said you do it all. How can your number two and three be accused of basically the same thing? Predators. Yet, out of the whole Border Patrol organization, the cream rose to the top. That's the cream. I just, there's so many, you need to, to tie this thing together because I'm all over the place. And perhaps I get like that when I'm emotionally charged. You, you speak on it. Well, you know, when there is no accountability, there are repeat offenses, right? If not by the same people, or the same person who committed the offense, but by other people, right? They see what that person got away with and they say, oh, I can get away with that. More often than people I think want to admit, but people will attempt to get away with that, which they think they can get away with. And if that means doing bad things to women without consequence, then they will try it. And we know this because we have elected a man who, to be our president of all things, who said as much out loud, he literally told us that he does this because he can get away with it. And I think this is the inherent problem when it comes to law enforcement and law enforcement officers and the law enforcement profession or agency, whatever you want to call it. And honestly, I don't really know what the solution to this is, but the problem is that when you empower people to police others, that power can very easily be corruptible. It very quickly will go to their heads and it very quickly will be abused. And they've done studies on this. This is really just a matter of human nature. This is a thing that happens to all kinds of people, men, women, whoever. Yes, these cops and officials should do their best to be better, to control their impulses and to treat people as they should be treated. But the system isn't set up to assist them in that endeavor. The system is instead set up to protect them whenever they do falter, whether they falter intentionally or unintentionally. So accountability really is the lowest bar as far as repercussions for this type of wrongdoing. And the problem with accountability is that it happens after the fact. It happens yep. after the offense has occurred. So these women have already suffered at the hands of these men. This is literally the least that can happen to them. And then they watch the perpetrators, their perpetrators just mm -hmm. waltz into the sunset and perhaps go do it to someone else in a Somewhere similar else. capacity. This is what they do. What do the women get except grief, trauma, as you said, that's ongoing. This is indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed alongside Yasmin Aliyah Khan, host of Modern Context. You got to check it out. 
She is our guest host today. We're in for Dr. Richie, much more indisputable when we come right back. This is another lack of parental emotional regulation. NBA analyst Matt Barnes fired after a youth game viral video. What did Matt do? Well, um, I can show you better than I can tell you. Now, did this happen in the NBA Finals? Is it the Celtics versus the Lakers? Everything's at stake. The world championship is at stake here. It wouldn't be right then, but we've seen it before. Now, now this happened at a high school game. Former NBA star turned NBA analyst Matt Barnes removed from Sacramento Kings TV broadcast lineup on NBC Sports California. Barnes was in his third season as a studio analyst at NBC Sports California after joining the Kings broadcast team in 2021. Change comes weeks after Barnes was seen yelling at officials, confronting a student play-by-play announcer at his son's high school basketball game in Los Angeles. Emotional regulation, it didn't exist, not on this day. Not in this instance, there's more. Barnes attended the game between Crespi Carmelite and Harvard Westlake. Los Angeles Times reported Barnes engaged in Harvard Westlake student announcer Jake Lancer during the school's live stream broadcast after one of his sons was whistled for a technical foul. Video posted. Social media showed Barnes putting his right hand on Lance's shoulder before other adults intervened. Barnes allegedly threatened to slap Lancer. Details from the Sacramento Bee. When reporter Tarek Fatal referenced the game in a series photos, person at the game made the following accusations towards Barnes. And I want to get this just right. What you all are failing to report is Barnes going up to our broadcaster, a high school senior, grabbing his shoulder while questioning what he's saying on the live stream after he calls the ref a B multiple times because his son got attacked. Barnes would respond to the woman saying, Well, I, shut your ass up. I was talking to the ref, not you or that kid that decided to say some slick. Don't let that privileged HWS go to your head. IDGAF, you know what it means. Who your son is. Guess this is Matt Barnes. You know, he's saying I'm a real one. Mm. Shortly thereafter, videos of the incident made it online. Lancer told freelance sports reporter Jack Pollan. He said, what do you think you're looking at? And I said, you're screaming, you're a blank to the refs mid game while I'm trying to announce, don't touch me. And then he said, I'll slap the S out of you. Dad, come on, dad. Barnes discussed the incident during a recent appearance on the Dan Levitard show. Quote, 
I was yelling at the refs, Dan. I've yelled at the refs my entire college career. My 15-year-old, my 15-year MBA career, Barnes said, I coach AAU in the summertime. I have high school boys and I have a five-year-old coming down the pipeline. So I'm going to be doing a lot of yelling at the refs. This particular incident, I will say my one mistake was putting my hand on the student broadcaster's shoulder. A lot of people want to say I grabbed this kid or I did this. I literally put my hand on this kid's shoulder because it was almost like I was talking to my son. Oh, goodness. We, this requires court intervention. If this is, if this, well, he said it. This is from the Dan Levitard Show and the Sacramento Bee. He continued. He told me to sit my A down. I was just like, why do you feel comfortable to be able to tell a grown man to sit his A down? Well, I have thought. Do grown men behave this way? It's a rhetorical question. So he and I had a little back and forth. I obviously uh, admitting my faults, even touching was wrong of me. But I want to make clear that the narrative of me is some guy that beats up people. Mm, Who is ex-NBA player who beats up people for 500, please? Okay. I I shouldn't be, listen, I'm just going to give you the facts. I want people to know I didn't body slam this kid. I didn't choke slam him. I didn't do any of the sort. I literally put my hand on his shoulder like I was talking to one of my sons. Again, alert, guardian at litem. And again, for touching him, I was wrong. But I just didn't like the disrespect that came with the entitlement where they felt they could say anything to me. Hmm. Lancer denied saying anything disrespectful to Barnes following the incident, tweeting. Last comment on the situation last night. I want to make it very clear that I never told him to shut up or anything close to that. He came up to me. All I wanted to do in the moment was get back to announcing the championship game. So it was a championship game at the high school level. I don't even know if it matters. I'm making too much of that. You just don't have to behave in this manner. Now, Barnes doesn't appear to be dismayed by the <laughs> dismissal as he still co runs all the smoke productions that just added a new lineup of talent for their podcast. This is wildly successful. He's doing big things with his podcast and still catching a lot of smoke when he's not doing the podcast. Um, He has a colorful history. We don't know what goes on in people's, I, I don't know what goes on in people's relationships, but there have been other instances with Matt Barnes. I think you can move beyond your, your past and seek a new beginning. What he does, though, Yasmin, acknowledge he did is enough for me. Okay. He's yelling at the refs and he's basically saying, don't even ask me about that. I've been did that my whole life. That doesn't make it okay, does it? Do we make allowances for people who been yelling at the refs their entire career? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this is not much of anything that I can relate to because I I feel like this type of behavior between an adult and a child is unacceptable. But I also feel like incidents like this get excused when it comes to sports all in the name of sports. Like we just saw Travis Kelsey yell at and push his coach at the Super Bowl. And then when Travis started to catch heat for it in the media, the coach came out and said, no, no, it's fine. I love that Travis feels like he and I can have this type of relationship. So passionate. Yeah, like I have no idea. 
It's obviously different though, whenever these things happen involving kids or even in front of kids or around kids, you know, these parents need to be more responsible for their actions. They can't be the adults in the room acting like this. They can't be the role models to these kids. And I get that they're passionate, as you said, because they want their kids to get into a good college with a good scholarship and they want their kids to be set up for the NBA or whatever. But again, it's like what we were talking about in the last story. We really need to re-examine our priorities in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, let's remember, we've overlooked one little tidbit here. His son got a technical foul. Mm-hmm. Now, so mostly you get technical fouls for some kind of behavior that's out of bounds. It's not about, oh, you dribbled and hit your foot or you traveled. It's because you said or did something that is unacceptable, okay? And I'm so glad you brought up Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey. If you're not a sports fan, Andy Reid is the winning coach of the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl winning team. Mm-hmm. He's the one that kind of looks like the guy eats all the hamburgers from Popeyes. Who it is that character? Wimpy? What's the character who eats the hamburgers? And he's is a great it, coach. I think it's Wimpy. Is no, it? yeah. Wimpy's the, the he kid. looks like, well, he looks. He eats all the hamburgers and Popeyes, if you're not familiar. I know the girl with olive oil. Okay. And so Travis Kelsey in the middle of the game, something's not going his way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it is. He bumps him. He almost knocks him over. And nothing to see here. And when I saw it, I I said, okay, here we go. I wasn't like going to go overboard with it. But I also know if Travis Kelsey... Or a certain black player, it wouldn't. It, it, we'd have you know Joe Buck or someone in our ear doing the commentary, saying something like, "Oh, that's a, a disgusting display of the game." I mean, T.O. took the popcorn <laughs> and you know made the, and then he was doing the thing with the cheerleaders, and this was, oh my goodness, ah, la 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 la. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm glad you brought it up. Oh, one more, someone else. Who we've excused perhaps a lot. Kanye yay. addresses Shaq's comments and Taylor Swift rumor. Kanye West wants everyone to know that he is not at odds with Taylor Swift or Shaquille O'Neal, despite headlines that suggest otherwise. Multiple reports claim that Swift had West removed from Allegiant Stadium during the Super Bowl. It's something about the face he's making. And it's difficult to concentrate. I cannot concentrate. I'll look down. Now, the two artists have been at odds since 2005 when West interrupted Swift's acceptance speech for best video by a female artist at the MTV Video Music Awards to declare that, quote, single ladies, put a ring on it, singer Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. Tension between the two grew. West featured a lifelike wax figure of a naked Swift and other celebrities in bed with him for the famous music video. Again in 2016, when Kim Kardashian, then West, leaked the recorded phone call of Swift telling West that she was fine with the video concept. Full summer singer claimed the manufactured frame job led her to temporarily leave the country and almost cost her her career. The Chicago native then wrote, remember, I was on Taylor's side when Scooter bought her masters behind her back. She and Beyonce are big inspirations to all musicians. We always say how both sell out tours and movies also. I'm sure I've been far more helpful to Taylor Swift's career than harmful to all Taylor Swift fans 
I am not your enemy, he continued. I'm not your friend either though, LOL, for finally declaring, I didn't get kicked out of the Super Bowl. We left our seats to go to YG's box and see different friends. And a black star with the comments. Multi-platinum selling artists even aimed at the founder of Authentic Brands Group, Salter, Jamie Salter, who works closely with Shaquille O'Neal, who was appointed president of the company's basketball division and has a controlling interest in Reebok. West called out Salter, who happens to be of Jewish descent, and accused the basketball champion of bullying Kyrie Irving following anti-Semitic controversy in 2022. Kanye would issue the following post toward Salter and Shaq would reply to the post. Dove Charney is my brother and me and my wife's business partner. When Jamie Salter and everyone else wouldn't take my calls, he let me sleep at his factory. Dove Charney, Jonah Hill, John Rathman are three people who inspired my apology. Chat. Who cares? Stop bitching and snitching. That's how he talks. I know you saw me at the Super Bowl. I was waiting for you to say something smart. Man up. Nobody wants to see you crying. Man up, little boy. I didn't do a good Shaq. Okay, but you know the voice, and this is what happened. Shaq is in business with Jamie Salter, the gold digger rapper wrote at the time. Jamie first said he's 50-50 with David Beckham and 50-50 with Shaq. I said, Jamie, there's no such thing as 50-50 in business. Who has the extra 1% for the control and voting rights? Even then, Shaq warned him to tread lightly posting. Believe me, you don't know me like that. Worry about your business. And to quote the once great Kanye West, I got more money than you. So why would I listen to you? Take my advice, get your family business in order. Have a great day, brother. Okay, that was a warning for Jack. Instead of firing off a scathing response, Megan producer chose to extend an olive branch. Oh, and to Shaq, I grew up looking up to you. Okay, let's stop right. Everyone looks up to Shaq. He's seven two. Shaquille O'Neal is seven two. Okay, he might be seven three. So everyone, in essence, looks up to Shaquille O'Neal. Okay, but I'll read the rest of it. I would love to hang with you and Jamie sometime. Well, this took an interesting turn. Jamie Salter is like a father figure to me. The media may control the narrative, but the people have spoken, West wrote. O'Neill has not provided a rebuttal, but this isn't his first social spat with Ye. In a since deleted post on X. Um, Yasmin, what do you make of this? You have three of the biggest stars in the world, whether we support them fully or not, whether we rock their music or what's that insurance, Jack Hawks? It's a discount with the little oh, general. The general. Yes. He does, yeah, he does commercials for yeah. the general. <laughs> Is it, you know, I don't know if you support everything. I love Shaq and I consider him a friend. And I, I don't know why this has taken so many twists and turns, but I would like to see it end. What are your yeah. observations? It, it is hard to kind of wrap your head around what's happening because I feel like there's so many layers to this and it's all like dumb layers, right? And this goes back years to the VMAs to that one incident that you that you mentioned already. You know, first, like the narcissism of Kanye West to wow. even take partial credit for Taylor Swift's career is is laughable. And I'm not even a fan of Taylor Swift's, you know, I've 
maybe at one point I would have considered myself a Kanye fan. I don't like him, but at least I used to listen to his music. Not as much lately, but this is some strange celebrity drama. And it has, as I said, a lot of layers. There's, you know, potentially anti-Semitism involved. There's feminism. There's narcissism. It's just a lot. Mm. And um, it's a lot of noise is what it is, right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, these people are all millionaires, billionaires, actually, right? These are all billionaires who are fighting over something that's like somewhat petty or something that really you should be able to deal with without me, Yasmin, having to hear about it. You know what yeah. I mean? I think that's this is a perfect way to end. keep it to your <laughs> keep it to yourself. Okay, we're not involved, and I we don't, don't even know some of these people. Who are these rich people? This is insider. Mm-hmm celebrity business. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to I'm glad Kanye did not speak to Shaq at the Super Bowl. Okay. Because we don't need anything that perhaps would turn well, Shaq, I think, is a teddy bear. A teddy bear who could this teddy bear could do damage if he wanted to. That's not that's not his brand. I don't know what to make of it. I think we need to see less Kanye though. Mm-hmm. And some people would say they're sick of seeing and hearing about Taylor Swift. I get it. Okay. But I if I have to vote one of them off the visibility island, it's going to be Kanye. Mm-hmm. Okay. For now. Because he's causing a lot of trouble. I'll give you the last word. The last word. Uh yeah, I think if I had to choose between seeing it's less okay. of Taylor and less of Kanye, I would have to agree with you. And that pains me because as a not Taylor Swift fan, I see way too much of her on my feed. And okay. it, it's like, it's fine, but it's just like, why can't yeah. I just get away? You know? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't You're understand. not an aggressive person. You don't go after people. I'm not and trying so to go when, after anybody. I'm just saying, let me live yeah. separate from you that. Just, like, you're, you know, you're asking for a break. And yeah, I, the so, fandom yeah. has their spaces, but why yeah. do those spaces infringe on my space? I don't know. Yeah. You know, you're a good person. And I they're all gonna come for me now, though. Don't come for her. Okay, because they've gotten they're as intense as the hive. Uh, but she's a good person and she's entitled to just her solace. And so let's uh let's support her in that. Okay. And damn sure better not come after me, you understand? Okay. Uh this is indisputable. Yasmin Alia Khan, tell us one more time the podcast and Rebel HQ Extraordinaire. Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find my podcast wherever you find your podcast. It's called Modern Context. And uh, you can check out my videos for Rebel HQ on the Rebel HQ YouTube channel. I do four videos a week over there. Uh, The most recent ones, we talked about Ted Cruz. We talked about James Comer. And today I have a video coming out talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene. So lots of good stuff. Well, we love you. We love you, Yasmin. And I can't wait till uh, we get to do it again. Um, And I'm invited back. And Dr. Richie, he's a very lenient. He's a lenient guy. So who knows? Um, We wish Doc the best. He'll be back. He'll return. This is indisputable. Thanks so much for joining us.